Hi, this is Mark Rabin. This is a post that I published on January 13th, 2015. This is episode six of the Lean Blog audio podcast. The title of the post was Fear of Speaking Up is a Broader Problem, Not Just in Military Medicine. So I saw a troubling article in the New York Times and the headline was, Military Hospital Care is Questioned, Next Reprisals. So as I've often written about here, the first step in solving problems, especially those related to patient safety and quality, is people being able to speak up to point out risks, unsafe behaviors, problems, near misses, and incidents that cause harm. Now, if people aren't speaking up, and you know, we know that healthcare risks and errors are severely underreported, we shouldn't blame those who are speaking up. We should be lean problem solvers and ask why. Why aren't people speaking up? Now, they're often not speaking up due to fear, fear of punishment, fear of retribution, fear of blame, fear of being ridiculed, fear of not being taken seriously. So that's why leaders have to create an environment where it's safe to speak up. One example was my friend Paul Levy when he was CEO of a Boston hospital. He instituted a program that celebrated people for calling out problems. That's an important first step in fixing things. But we can't just tell people to not be afraid. You know, people are afraid of losing their jobs because they have families to feed, retirements to worry about. You know, we all love a good whistleblower story, but things don't always turn out well for whistleblowers, even with laws that are intended to protect them. So what's happening in military medicine, according to the Times? Uh, from the article, it says in part, a medical technologist had complained of dangerous lapses in the prevention of infections. The inspectors planned to follow up. But Teresa Gilbert, the technologist, said supervisors excluded her from meetings with the inspectors from the Joint Commission, an independent agency that accredits hospitals. Quote, I was told my opinions were not necessary, nor were they warranted, said Mrs. Gilbert, an infection control specialist. It made her a pariah shunned by co-workers and marked for dismissal. Mrs. Gilbert was transferred to a clerk's desk without a computer, a phone, or duties. And she said, people I've known for 20 years were afraid to talk to me. So there were serious problems that prevented the Joint Commission from immediately renewing the Army Hospital's accreditation. But what happened to Gilbert? Again, from the article, it was disastrous for Mrs. Gilbert too. She said she was reprimanded for being an obstructionist, reduced to part-time hours, investigated for what she called trumped up charges and transferred to a clerk's job. The message to hospital workers, she said, was clear, quote, you don't go against us. If you do, we will get you. So I think these are not just military medicine problems. I, I could easily imagine this happening in many civilian hospitals. So was this an isolated case with Gilbert or was it a broader cultural problem? Again, from the article said, in interviews and email exchanges, many doctors, nurses, and other medical workers said military hospitals fall short of that objective of being free to speak bluntly to and about higher-ups without being ignored or, at worst, punished. Physicians and nurses described in follow-up interviews how they were brushed off, transferred, investigated, passed over for promotion, or fired after they pointed out problems with care. Senior military health officials said they were working aggressively to instill a culture where complaints are welcomed and addressed. So what did other people claim happened to them? One, a former military surgeon was passed over for promotion after pointing out an error made by a supervisor. Second, a psychiatrist said her boss tried to oust her after she complained about a patient care issue. 
Third, a former anesthesiologist had his credentials reviewed by their boss after questioning why certain errors were made in the OR. And fourth, a nurse, quote, resigned in disgust after the complaints were ignored. So in another story, again, this is from the Times, Dr. Gail Hum, an emergency room physician under contract at Evans Army Community Hospital in Colorado, said she refused to prescribe narcotic painkillers for patients she suspected were addicted. When some patients complained, her supervisor told her that, quote, the only thing that mattered was that the numbers were affecting his promotion, she said. In another story, a physician claimed, quote, basically, I was told that training residents was more important than patient safety, she said. Now, the pressure to make the numbers, that's not just a healthcare problem. I saw the same thing in manufacturing back in my GM days and, and other manufacturing companies. So I appreciate that senior military leaders are working to change the culture. This is not easy and it takes time, but it also takes sustained effort, leadership and perseverance. From the article, um, Lieutenant General Patricia Horaho said, we want people to come forward. She's the Army Surgeon General. And she said in a statement, quote, we are committed to patient safety. We are committed to transparency and there will be no compromise that last two words, that's in all capitals. This reminds me of GM's um, relatively new CEO, Mary Barra, who reacted to major GM quality problems by creating a program called Speak Up for Safety. The implication, as, as I wrote about, was that workers were at fault for not speaking up. The program really should have been directed at leaders and it could have been called Listen Up for Safety. You know, so I, I wonder how this is working out for GM. I, you know, I did see one article about an employee being celebrated for speaking up. And I've got my own story about trying to speak up once at GM and how I wasn't listened to. And you, you can find a link to that and other things I'm mentioning here at leanblog.org slash audio six. And I'm also linking there, there's another good read on this topic uh, from hbr.org, an article with the title, Can GM Make It Safe for Employees to Speak Up? And there's you know this great quality story or poor quality story that'll make you shake your head in there from uh, Marianne Keller, a famous auto industry analyst. And she said, quote, for years it was considered bad for your career if information filtered up to the highest ranks. I had people tell me that everyone would know about a problem, but no one would speak up about it. The goal was to insulate the senior executives and hope that nothing happens. So again, these are not just military medicine problems, they're not even just healthcare problems. These are human problems, management challenges, organizational culture problems. You know, employees, people get conditioned over time to keep their heads down and to not speak up. Even Toyota had to fight that notion from Japanese society, you know, where they say, you know, the tallest blade of grass gets mowed. Um, when, when Toyota instituted uh, their and on cord process to help people be able to speak up, or at least physically, by pulling a cord when they saw a problem. Now, there, there do be, seem to be a few wrinkles um, that are unique in military medicine pointed out in the article. One is that rank matters and that a nurse might be of a higher military rank than a, a doctor, which turns the usual hierarchy upside down a bit. Um, the second idea is um, about you know, following orders. So there's a quote here in the article uh, from Bill Benham. In the military, you're not taught to question, you're taught to obey. And that's great on the battlefield. But healthcare is another beast. And you know, I've heard the same thing from people I've worked with in civilian medicine who had long careers in military medicine. One of those leaders said, 
you know, that command and control, do as I say, that, that can be a matter of life or death in battle. But in military hospitals, the environment um, was, was meant to be much more collaborative and something that really, in a, in a lot of ways, resembled a lean culture. So the New York Times piece is long. I've, I've linked to it, um, but I hope you'll read it. You know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about what your organization is doing to change culture, to make it safe to speak up. You know, I, I hope they're doing more than just hanging up signs and posters demanding that people speak up. You know, how are leaders behaving differently? So if you'd like to read the article that I've linked to, or if you'd like to post comments, um, go to leanblog.org slash audio six. That's the link to the written episode, and it also has this audio embedded in the page. If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, you can go to leanblog.org slash audio.